Hey guys, this is the Pastor With No Answers feed. And Pastor With No Answers, I guess technically does not exist, but we are taking the transition slowly because we want all of our regular listeners to always have access to the content that I'm putting out. The content will be directed towards BC Clubbers. Uh, If you're unfamiliar with that, it doesn't matter. I can tell you sometime if you reach out to me. But in the meantime, all you have to do to keep up with this content and make sure that when we drop off the face of the earth, you can still track us down. Uh, Just like us at uh, facebook.com slash BC Pastor. Or you can just uh, Facebook search Pastor with no answers. Uh, there is a pastor with no answers discussion group, and I'm not talking about that one. I really like that group, but I didn't start that one. I'm talking about the Pastor with No Answers podcast Facebook page. Like us there. That way, I can always keep you guys coming along and listening and interacting and all of that. Uh, we're also keeping this feed up because over time I have some announcements that I want to make and just some uh, things that are coming up and just to uh, yeah keep y'all posted on that. So for this episode, I, I was wanting to tell y'all a story and then it reminded me just how uptight a lot of people are about cussing. And for, I would say, years now, I've avoided this topic just because it was something that we talked about so much at the onset of Bad Christian because people just could not believe we were Christians cussing on a podcast. And I think for a while we understood that critique because we came from the same place they did, but over time it just became white noise and we just didn't understand why in the world or how in the world people think that there's moral value in different words. So instead of telling you a story about how I cussed in front of my kids and it was really funny and we all got a good laugh at it, before I do that, I want to go ahead and crank out a blog post that I wrote years and years ago. We used to have a blog that we populated regularly before starting Bad Christian Podcast, and I wrote a blog post called Jesus Saved My Ass. It actually was a blog post that helped grow Bad Christian. It was one of like a dozen of our posts that I guess went viral in like a miniature way, you know, not like real viral, like millions, but viral for us, okay? Viral enough is what I'll say. I'm going to read this blog post and I'll probably interject some things here and there, but I think it is a discussion that uh, I'm ready to revisit. I'm ready to revisit. So this is by Joey Svensson. That's me. And it's called Jesus Saved My Ass. So if this title was written on a scroll back in Jesus's day, the reader may read further to find how Jesus rescued a donkey. In the 21st century, many of you will read further because you are a little offended by the title. To be honest, I understand. I used to be just like you, and I'll get to that later. But I want to talk about cuss words and the unwarranted hype that they accrue. Christians shouldn't cuss is a pretty accepted belief. But the question I want to ask here is, what the hell the heck in the world is cussing? I frankly do not believe in an inherently evil use of words outside of the heart in which they're spoken from. So one of the Ten Commandments forbids taking the Lord's name in vain. 
one can only discern whether a person has spoken God's name in vain by having a feel for the person's heart motivation behind what was said. Here's an example of how someone's heart can determine whether or not one's words are good. Number one, responding with fondness, the news of a best friend getting a sweet new car for Christmas. Oh my gosh, dude, I hate you. That would not be a bad thing to say. Your friends, that's a phrase that means, oh man, I'm jealous, but the tone of my voice, you can tell I'm excited for you too. Or number two, a friend made you feel really bad, so in order to retaliate and make him or her feel bad as well, you say, I hate you. That would not be a kind thing to say. We'll go ahead and put that in the drawer, the sin drawer. We'll throw that in the sin drawer. So the following list represents additional reasoning as to why there is no evil in mere words alone. Reason number one, synonyms with an apostrophe, so the possessive form, I'm saying synonyms, apostrophe, fallacious inequality. So example, screw that is relatively acceptable in Christian circles. I am going to go ahead and tell you that there's going to be foul language in this episode. So I'm giving you a fair warning and I'm going to let some seconds go by so you can go ahead and push stop or tell the kids to go into another room. But if I am talking about how I don't think there's inherent evil in words, then I'm going to back that up by actually saying these words because we're talking about something. And it's unbelievable that some... Never mind. I don't want to sound mean. But so, an example. Screw that is relatively acceptable in Christian circles, while fuck that is not. Fallacy corrected. They mean exactly the same thing. Thus, either the former is not right to say, or the latter is not a sin to say. You can't have it both ways. Reason number two, the evolution of cuss words. Example, that sucks. Used to be adamantly scorned by my parents in my generation. Now I'm sure that most of these same parents have said in recent years that our economy sucks. Fallacy corrected. Given this trend, does that mean that formerly sinful words can evolve into harmless words? No. All forms of sin have always been sin and always will be. Sin is always committed against, you know, our fellow man and not loving people. And, uh, you know, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever he actually cares about us, so he sets up some parameters to take care of us. And when we go after what we want to do outside of that, it hurts us, and so God doesn't like it. And we call that sin. Reason number three, Jesus. Example, Jesus says that people's self-righteousness is like filthy menstrual rags. He used this terminology because, actually, let me correct that. When I put this out, some people corrected me, and Jesus actually didn't say that. It's actually from a uh, prophet, but I, I'd, I'd have to do my homework to see if Jesus even toyed around with this. But the Bible says that self-righteousness is like filthy menstrual rags. This terminology was used because it was the most accurate description of what self-righteousness really is. 
I'm sure this phrase back in the day would have been just as offensive as your self-righteousness is like shit would be to folks in church today if a pastor said that from on stage. So the fallacy corrected. Neither one of these expressions are sins in themselves. So what is the point of all this? Do I want to create a Christian culture of cussing? No, it's actually pretty dumb when Christians flaunt cussing for the sake of sounding cool, hip, and edgy. Ironically, we're blamed or we are accused of this all the time. And uh, who knows? Maybe we have done that. Maybe I have done that. But for the most part, it's just how we talk amongst each other. So this topic is quite important to me because up until about the age of 23, when I encountered a person that professed to be a Christian, in the event that I heard him cuss, I concluded that at best he had backslidden and at worst he was possessed by legions of demons. I mean, even, even writing this, I can't believe I used to think this way. First of all, someone's salvation is not based on any work other than Jesus' work on the cross. And Joey Svensson doesn't have jurisdiction in determining what words in the English language are evil. Secondly, it is fairly common for Christians to try and refrain from using words that even borderlines on cussing. I mean, unfortunately, they... Uh, they additionally create a whole Christian language on their own, totally aborting any words that mainstream culture is accustomed to and simultaneously creating a Christian replacement language. Greatly, this conflicts with Jesus's efforts to relate to, befriend, and find common ground with everybody. Thirdly, it actually burns me when I burdens me when I hear folks pray that God would clean up their language. And I hope they recognize the more important issues in their lives that God would like to clean up. While I do not want to dismiss anything uh, that God would convict anyone from, in my humble opinion, my guess is that he gets much more uptight, so to speak, over us using discouraging words and making a regular habit of gossiping. Outside of gossip, discouragement, lying, etc., I do indeed feel that there are words in which the mere use of them can be considered evil almost all the time. For example, the vulgar terminology for female anatomy is rarely acceptable in any context, and for good reason. That's because almost 100% of the times these words are used, it's with a disrespectful, demeaning slant towards females. This is just plain old disrespectful and wrong, as is joking to a sweet old lady that her collards taste like shit. One may ask, what if there is a word that I feel is okay, but others do not? I would respond by referencing a little verse in the Bible that forbids acting in a way that is a stumbling block to others. So, These things that Paul says we must refrain from are not sins in themselves, but rather sinful because they produce in others that we are around the temptation to sin. So it's clear then that we can act a certain way in front of some people that we should not act in front of others. Some call this hypocrisy and living a double standard. I call it being biblical and a kind human being. Just look at 1 Corinthians chapter 8 for some context. I certainly talk differently around my wife and close friends because they're people that know me. 
and I talk differently to them than I would talk in front of strangers or around folks that would potentially be offended. With this being said, I have actually found that using some words that most Christians deem as foul can be the same words when used in front of people that uh, you know don't really care about your faith and that have the capacity to destroy walls and lessen feelings of apprehension that are all too common uh, for people that don't really understand Christians and why they talk like Jesus freaks. So my heart for this topic may seem unimportant and trivial to some, but I happen to believe this issue to be important and potentially critical for uh, Christians to be seen in a more palpable light. I don't under, I don't necessarily understand or need uh, you to agree with me, but I do think it would be helpful for you to ask the following questions. All right, so here we go. Do you think someone is less moral and or less spiritually mature if they say the word damn? Well, what about darn? Are you more concerned about people's language being clean and polished around you than you are about their hearts? Finding peace in Jesus? Would you stop conversing with a cusser or even someone that says yucky words in close proximity with our uh, Jesus's name, even when the potential is there for you to influence uh, that person's heart and maybe guide them towards the peace that you have found in your faith? Does unwholesome talk, which was talked, which is addressed in Ephesians four twenty nine, mean the use of specific words, or does it mean dialogue that has the potential of destroying rather than building up? When Paul says he will be all things to all people for the sake of the gospel, I wonder if that includes saying a word that is unacceptable in most Christian circles in order to just not be so clickish and unrelatable? I think that's a fair question. I'm also going to be very honest with you that this article was written like four or five years ago, and I had a hard time reading it, changing some of my words because holy cow, there is a lot of phrases and ways of saying things that I would never say today. Oh my gosh, it's crazy how much we change. So now let me tell you, now that you understand my perspective of words, uh, and and if you are a recent uh, or a newer listener uh, that's offended by words, you at least know where I'm coming from when I tell you this story. So I just thought it was hilarious. My wife and two of my kids were playing a game downstairs, and I went down there, and they said, hey, why don't you play with us? And so the game kind of entailed uh, doing something really quick with your hands, like rolling dice and trying to get a certain amount of numbers and rolling them over and over and over and over and competing with other people. So it's kind of nerve-wracking and you feel rushed and you're uh, trying to get something done quickly and you know that somebody else might get it done quick quicker than you, so you're just trying so hard. And uh, so I, I, for some reason, I'm not that competitive a person, but for some reason I was super competitive and when I when I got it, I was so relieved because I thought someone was going to beat me. The game is called Tinsel, and you're supposed to say Tinsel when you win. And so 
to my 10-year-old daughter and my 9-year-old son and my 40-year-old wife. I got it, and I, I was so excited. I said, Tinsel, and I pointed at my kids. I said, Tinsel, bitch. <laughs> and immediately I was like, I, didn't, that was, I wasn't even joking. I didn't mean that. And, and my kids just lost their minds laughing. And we had a pretty good laugh for a long while. And I'm thinking to myself, how could that not be a good thing? Now, in full disclosure, where I'm at with my kids when it comes to these words, cuss words, so to speak, is... I don't want them to see words as inherently evil, but at the same time, I do want them to be respectful people. And so what I've told them is I said, you know what? There are very little instances here in the deep South Bible Belt in which kids your age cussing out loud, you know, around friends whose parents wouldn't like that or around adults. There's very few times when I think that's a super respectful thing to do. People are pretty uptight and sensitive in the South. And so just avoid that. These aren't words for kids to use. But you know what? If I ever hear them say a word here or there, even if they're just joking, I'm not going to flip out. I'm not going to jump all over their case because I don't want them to be afraid of words that change and evolve and have no moral bearing whatsoever. The object is respect and love, and uh, that's what I want them to really take to heart. Love you guys. Catch you next time.